one scripture, the middle part, middle to latter part of this week that completely renavigated is the word I want to use, uh, where we were going today. I thought about three different directions God was taking me in, and then I read Luke chapter 3, verse 2. And this is the beginning account of John the Baptist. But I, I just want to give it to you like it was given to me. John, I mean, Luke chapter 3, verse 2, simply says, while Annas and Caiaphas were high priests, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And then the Lord arrested me right then. And I knew why God stopped me the moment he stopped me, but until right now, it has been confirmed for me. I don't even have an accurate guess to give you how many times God has confirmed this message in so short of a time. So I want to be uh, very, very attentive to the Spirit of the Lord this morning because the way God has done this, and I'm just telling you, God is here to meet needs if you will allow, if you will let the Lord in. Don't let him at. Let him in. Did you hear what I said? Don't let him at the door. Let him in the door this morning. And God will show and do great and mighty things that you know not of. There is not a doubt in my mind that every person in here has had a wilderness experience. Some have been small. Some have been very lengthy. Some have been not so bad, but then some have been almost more than you can bear. A wilderness. You don't really understand how you got there. As a believer, I will say, you don't even know why you were there. You did everything right. You paid attention. You honored God's word. But yet you find yourself in the wilderness. And when you are in the wilderness, sometimes you borderline lose hope. You don't know how in the world you're going to deal with this. How do you do this? But I want to tell you this morning that the wilderness is not that bad after all because everybody's wilderness has something waiting on you when you get there, while you are there. There is something in the wilderness. And the man that God brought to my attention this week was John the Baptist. The Bible says John the Baptist was... He was about six months older than his first cousin, Jesus Christ. The moment he was born, he was, he was born to do nothing else in this life but be a forerunner of Jesus Christ. That means go in front of him, go ahead of him, prepare the way, make straight the way. That's familiar to everybody, I know. But from the time he was born, as a young boy, he was taken to the wilderness. And when he got to the wilderness, I am sure his mind was flooded with all kinds of thoughts. I'm sure that he didn't know why of all the boys that he was there on some days. Maybe some days it was real clear. Oh, I'm here. I'm on a mission for God. But you got to remember, he was a young boy when this first started. He was young. And the Bible says when he was in the wilderness that 
It, it didn't look the same as home did. It didn't look the same as his surroundings. In fact, all of his other friends, if he would had been afforded the opportunity to have friends, would have probably had on nice designer robes, perhaps, or sandals. The Bible says, you know what his attire was? It was camel's hair. It was a leather belt. And his snack, his breakfast, his brunch, his lunch, his supper, and his go-to-bed meal was crickets, locusts, and wild honey. You think the fast was bad, huh? Vegetables and fruit. Try that for a little while. And this is on top of wearing clothes that were uncomfortable, clothes that were probably smelly, clothes that nobody else had to wear, clothes that nobody else would be caught dead or alive in. And here's John the Baptist over here in the wilderness. He's just in the wilderness. And he waits and he waits. He knows there's going to be a day because he realizes sometimes when he has a high moment in life that there, there is a reason for all this. And he knows there's coming a time when things are going to be a little bit different. But during that time, during that space, he just waits and he wonders. And he's getting older. Still hadn't happened yet. I'm still right here in the wilderness. I don't know why, but I'm still here. And it's still not changing for me. The Bible says that while he was there, one day was different than all the other days combined that he had spent in the wilderness. Because on a certain day at a certain time, the word of the Lord came. The word of the Lord came. In this building, behind this pulpit, behind that camera, I can tell you from experience many times over that there has been moments in my life that no other moments will compare, and it was wilderness moments. It's when I found myself in a wilderness. It's a wilderness maybe that I created, but most of the time it was a wilderness that God created. God etched out in the space of time, and he put me there. He put me there because he knew that there was something so great and so grand that he really had to prepare me, and he could not prepare me outside of anything but a wilderness environment. Because, see, in the wilderness, well, it's just quiet. And all you hear, everybody take your hands and do them like this. All you hear sometimes is crickets. They're still chirping, come on. That's all you hear. Nothing. It's just quiet. It's just that that's all you hear. And you wonder, well, maybe I need to take, take things into my own hands. Maybe I just need to start walking to the way I think is out of the wilderness. That's mistake number one right there. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. So, you're telling me, Opie, that even though I feel like I'm losing time, even though 
I feel like this would make me feel better. This would fix. This would correct. This would build me up and, and turn over a new leaf or whatever. You mean to tell me I just kind of need to stay put until I get a word from the Lord? I'm telling you, you need to stay put until you hear from the God. That's what I'm telling you because any other voice is a voice of hell. It's a voice of darkness. It's a voice to kill, steal, and destroy you. And don't you think that the devil himself does not appear as an angel of light on the spot when he needs to. So in the wilderness, John the Baptist stayed and he just waited and he waited a little bit more and he waited even on top of that a lot a bit more until the word of the Lord came. And then God told him what to do. When he came out of the wilderness, now I'm not going to do this, but I really encourage you when you get home after you eat or whatever, I encourage you to read just about 10 verses at least of this chapter after verse 2 because John the Baptist came out of the wilderness and it wasn't a delicate matter. It sounds like that he was taking it out on the world because, man, he borderline did everything but cuss people out. You hear me? He told them what the deal was, what God was doing, that he was sending his son that was going to save mankind, and he told people where they were and where they needed to be. He didn't waste any time. He didn't waste what God had prepared him for when God freed him from the wilderness. That right there is a Holy Ghost moment I just told you about. See, a lot of times when we get out of the wilderness, we forget about the wilderness. We forget about the good God did for us. We forget about the grooming God did for us. We forget about all the preparation that God brought about inside of us when we were in the wilderness. Genesis 16 talks about Hagar gets a visit from God when she was in the wilderness. Anah finds mules that were lost. That was very important. might be funny to you, but it was like a life or death thing. According to Genesis 36, found the mules, not in town, not in a convenient place where they didn't have to study and look and sweat and walk and wait and wonder and get mad, but found the mules in the wilderness. Genesis 37, the very next chapter, talks about Joseph was actually betrayed and thrown in a pit in the middle of nowhere in a wilderness, betrayed by his brothers. Down in Exodus Chapter 4, Aaron is told by God, don't go to the uh, sanctuary, don't go to the house, don't go anywhere else. Go into the wilderness and meet your brother Moses and I'll give y'all instructions on what to do. And then over in the 16th chapter of Exodus, this is where the children of Israel beheld the wilderness in front of them and of all places, they stopped and they saw the glory of God in the wilderness, folks. In the wilderness. And the Bible says in the 16th chapter over in verse 32 that there was a reminder that took place of how God, how faithful God is in the wilderness to his people when they were taking a coriander seed and put in, I'm just going to call 
a vase for today which was added to the Ark of the Covenant where the Ten Commandments were but would always serve as a reminder that God kept them and fed them for 40 years. But this happened, this took place inside the wilderness. The most extreme place of your life is where you will witness my faithfulness, God says sometimes. Yes, the place you despise the most is the same place where you will see the most. I hated it, but I know for a fact God showed up. He showed out. There wasn't a congregation full. There wasn't nobody but me. But I saw my God day in and day out, no matter what the forecast was, I saw my God faithfully take care of me and bring me through it. Because you see, your God will never leave you nor forsake you if you're stuck in a wilderness that he single-handedly sent you to. You won't stay there by yourself. You cannot, as a child of God, do y'all realize that today? You can't get away from God. I don't care how dim it is. There's no physical, spiritual way you can get away from God or his presence. Ask Jonah, you can try, but you can't get away from God. You can't do that. God's omnipresent. God's always there. God is omniscient. He knows everything, and he knows what you're thinking. He, know the, he knows the thoughts you will think, even while you're in the wilderness. But he still chooses to keep his promise and his word, and that is to never leave you nor forsake you. Over in the 18th chapter of Exodus, it's in the wilderness, is where Moses' father-in-law of all people came to him with life-saving advice because the people were about to wear him out. And his father-in-law came to him and he says, Moses, you're going to die doing things this way. But folks... The thing that saved his life and the ministry he was in, all of that took place and transpired in the wilderness. It wasn't on primetime TV, Christian TV. It wasn't behind a pulpit in front of a congregation. It was in the middle of nowhere in the wilderness is where God saved his ministerial life. Numbers 1 and 1 says, this is the place. The wilderness is where Moses found God, not his father-in-law this time, is, but is where he found God talking to him. In fact, the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, in the tabernacle of the congregation, on the first day of the second month in the second year, after they were come out of the land of Egypt, in the wilderness, not in the city where people were dancing and singing and cutting up. It wasn't in the wilderness, folks. And today, in this congregation, just from things I know, just from things I know, there are wilderness, wildernesses that look like all kinds of different situations. There's all kinds of different things that are represented here that only God and people that are in their wilderness know about. But I want you to tell, I want to tell you this, that God is aware of where you are. And I've already said it, and he is with you. Deuteronomy 2 and 7 says, For the Lord thy God hath blessed thee 
in all the works of thy hand. He knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness these 40 years, long time, 40 years, and the Lord thy God hath been with thee, and thou hast lacked nothing. Sometimes the safest place you can be, folks, is in the wilderness, and I will point that out in just a minute. We think that the world and being liked by the world and looking like the world and being befriended by the world is where it's at. The world is on its way to hell. The world is full of sin. The world is sick. The world has no desire for Jesus Christ. And sometimes God sends us to the wilderness just so he can let you know that he's aware and I've got to protect you and I've got to take care of you and I've got to stand by your side and I will go on and throw this in. While you're in the wilderness, you better watch out because people can summarize for you free of charge why you are in the wilderness. Anybody want to amen that along with Wanda? People can diagnose you Job had some great friends that did this for him, no charge at all. They can say what you did to get you there. The Bible says don't judge, don't point fingers, don't do all that. All of us like sheep have gone astray. He that's without sin cast the first stone. Yet we still have arrived and we think we are privy to do that now, but the Bible says you can't do that. And when people start saying, well, I know what happened. You know, if they hadn't have done that, they wouldn't be here. And you don't know that it's not the divine hand of God that opened up the door to the wilderness for that person, those people, that church, that group to go into. God might have sent them into the wilderness to get them away from you. God might have sent them, if, if you didn't turn your volume up online, God may have sent them into the wilderness to protect them from you. Y'all might have think that was hot, but I'm just going to go ahead and tell you I'm about eight feet taller than everybody in here with camel's hair on. There ain't nothing coming out of my mouth as hot as this garb right here. So you can just go on and sit there and do something else with being tender. It's hot in this thing, but I don't care today. The Bible says that God, and this we're still in Deuteronomy 8, God sometimes uses the wilderness to humble us. Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led these, these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what is in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. See, a lot of times we will not give God the honor. And those of you that were here during December, you know about what we talked about. We will not give God the time, the space, the window to humble ourselves out here where it's milk and honey and it's all good and we got plans. So sometimes God says, well, you won't humble you. Y'all won't humble y'all. They won't. So this is what I got to do. I'm going to just make you a place in this wilderness right here. 
so that I can get you to a place and prove you, which means test, try, prepare you so that you're ready to let me do what I want to do. Let me just throw in a, another scripture, right? He that's begun a good work in you, he's faithful to complete it until the day of completion, the Bible says so. Sometimes God says, whoa, he's got a number of days. He's got uh, uh, just a certain amount of days, and I know what that looks like. I know what the day is when he or she will leave this earth. And in order for me to complete what I got to complete in their lives, we're going to need to go over here in this wilderness so I can get them on because they're running out of time and don't know it. And some, some wilderness experience or experiences for people, they seem mighty dangerous, and they are. Some people lose their mind, it feels like, in the wilderness. I personally have been in that wilderness. It's like you're suffocating. But you know what God is able to do even in an extreme wilderness where the devil is breathing and striking you day and night? The Lord is able, and I'm repeating this, the Lord is able to lead you through a dangerous, devil-infested wilderness. In the 8th chapter of that same book, Deuteronomy, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth out of uh, water out of the rock of flint. And I know some people say, well, that, that's talking about them and physical scorpion. Yeah, that did happen, but God is speaking to his New Testament church today, his covenant church, and he is saying this. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's a devil of a snake, if it's a demon of a scorpion, he said, hey, look, he's give us power to tread on top of them. And God can lead you through the most trying, dangerous wilderness that you have ever faced in your life because he's a good, faithful God, you see. And God's not, God's not interested in destroying you. In fact, Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy men's life. I came to save men's life. And verse, the very next verse said, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, with which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee and that he might prove thee to do good at thy latter end. And God will plant you in the wilderness now sometimes so that you can have a great abundant harvest later on down the road. I can go back to Joseph if I need to. That pit in that wilderness... I don't know how often that young teenage boy cried about being betrayed by his brothers. He didn't do anything wrong. It was just pride and jealousy that got inside of them. And I don't know how many days he wished he could lay his hands on his daddy again and just talk to him and cry with him. And all that was taken away from him. But you know what? Even in that dark, hard, serpent-infested wilderness he was in, he didn't see that God was planting him in the kingdom. God was planting him in that region so he could make him be abundantly uh, 
fruitful later on when the whole earth would be suffering and dying. God planted him in misery and in pain way back then so he could bless him and exalt him later on when everybody else that wasn't willing to go through the wilderness was dying. You see, it's hard. I, I can't paint a pretty wilderness, but I can tell you there are some awesome things that can happen to you when you're in the wilderness, and there's some godly, there's some dynamic things that can take place once you come out of the wilderness. God's Word tells us over and over and over again that God will never fail you, that God's able to provide for you like He was able to provide for them. God's able to give you rest for your weary soul. God's able to put meal in the widow's barrel, but He's able to put money in your pocket and hope in your heart. Don't give up on God while you're walking through what you're walking through because you're not by yourself. You're probably in better company than most people you know of. I've led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes are not worn out. 29 verse 5. And your shoes are not waxing old upon your feet. Nehemiah 9 says, Yet thou in thy manifold mercies forsookest them not. It means he didn't forsake them in the wilderness. The pillar of the cloud departed not from them by day to lead them in the way neither the pillar of fire by night to show them light and the way wherein they should go. God, for you that are willing to be still and know and let God perfect that thing that concerns you inside of you, God is able to perform miracles if it needs to occur for you while you're in the wilderness. Their clothes lasted 40 years. Their shoes lasted 40 years. Their sanity lasted 40 years. Their uh, food lasted 40 years because God took care of them. God knows that people that sit and patiently wait on Him in the wilderness, that He's going to take care of you in the wilderness because when you come out of the wilderness, you're going to be built up on your most holy faith. And when you come out, you're going to take care of Him. So God's going to take care of you in the wilderness, church. He will. The Bible teaches us in 1 Samuel 23 that the wilderness sometimes is the only safe place, I said, where you can survive. David, King David, David Goliath David, David the lion, David the bear, that David, David Bathsheba, that David, spent a lot of time in the wilderness. Chapter 23, verse 14 says, And David abode in the wilderness in strongholds and remained in a mountain in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul, his father-in-law, sought him every day. But God delivered him not into his hand. If David, listen to me, I am speaking to you on behalf of my God, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right now. Listen. You may wonder, why can't God just do this right here? Why can't God do this right here, right now? Because God knows 
what the enemy is planning to do to you. God knows that he orders your steps, but he also equally knows that the devil is trying to do away with your steps. And sometimes the living room, town, riding just on a high all the time will get you killed, folks. He knows that the devil don't want to do anything but kill, steal, and destroy. And he knows that if he keeps you where you're visible, where you are a moving target, you're going to die, and that's not his will for your life right now. So God has to take you away, David, and he has to put you in a stronghold. He has to hide you from the saws of your life that every day want to kill you and take you off of this earth because he knows you were made in the image of God and he knows what you'll do if you leave built up in the power of God. So God sometimes arranges a wilderness for your own safety and protection so he can keep you alive until he releases you to kick the devil's tail. I said it right here. Did. And I know you watch worse things than that on your phone and TV. Amen. Don't say amen. I just said it for you. The Bible also says that sometimes it's the wilderness. Not when you were in church. Not when you were participating. Not when you were doing everything. You never. You didn't see God making a way through some of those situations, but it was actually in the wilderness where you saw God make a way that you can testify about now. Isaiah said it in the 43rd chapter. He said, Behold, I will do a new thing. We know this verse because we do this a lot here. He said, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now, shall it not spring forth? Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. In the wilderness. Of all places, God can, where there shouldn't be a way, where there shouldn't be a river, where there shouldn't be water, where there shouldn't be replenishment. God says, I am God. I spoke and it was. I am God, I breathe, and you were. He said, it doesn't matter. I'm not limited by time or space or seasons or man. Wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through with, God says, I, in the middle of nowhere, unannounced to you, without any warning, I can perform a miracle and I can make a way in an impossible situation of a wilderness in your life if I need to do that. I can do it. I'm God. I do what I want to, when I want to do it, and the way I want to do it. And this morning, Jeremiah said this. He said, I beheld and lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness. Hallelujah. And all the cities thereof were broken down at the presence of the Lord and by his fierce anger. The wilderness. The wilderness of all places. And I'm going to tell everybody in this sanctuary and everybody online today, 
There's a, there's a scripture that says, don't despise the chastening of the Lord. But I want to tell you today, don't despise the wilderness. <laughs> you may be stronger coming out of this wilderness than you've been in your whole life. You may be what God has been waiting on your whole life on the other side of this wilderness. And I know, I know that this is deeper for some than others, but what I'm inviting all of you that just can't put your finger on it right now, hold on to this. Your next unpreplanned trip in the wilderness, hold on to this, okay? Because you're going to need it. Because until we see the Lord take his bride away, there's some camel hair. There's an old leather belt. There's a horrible diet. There's a lonely place, but yet a protected place, a solitude waiting on every one of us. And it ain't bad as it seems. I'm telling you, I have learned the Lord before in a way. In a place, and just a few people in here know about this. But a place that I've so despised is a place where I have found the greatest grace of God in my life. And I'm telling you, it was horrible. Oh, it was horrible. But yet at the same time, it was abundant. And I, when I came out, oh, what testimony I had and I have today. And I want to just tell you this, that we don't need to despise what God's doing in our lives. We don't need to get mad at God. See, God's the only one that's really on our side. Amen? Nobody else is on your side. You need to quit buying into what you hear or think. There's no one that's ever cared for me like Jesus. No other friend like him. Nobody's ever cared for me like Jesus. See, Jesus, he didn't do some smack talking. He went and showed me like this. He showed you like that too, didn't he? He showed you how much he cared for you. He showed you how much he loved you. He showed you how much he's invested into you. Nobody but Jesus. So he, if he loved you enough to suffer for you, he loves you enough to suffer with you and see you through. I'm going to ask you to stand if you will because today God sent you here. He sent you to log online so that he could encourage you and remind you you're not alone. Oh, this is good, man. Oh, you wait. When you come out, oh, when you come out, you think John the Baptist came out swinging. When you come out of that wilderness, there's a ministry, hallelujah, I feel this in my heart, there's a ministry that God's going to birth through you 
And it might just be in your family, at your school, on your job, in your neighborhood. But there's a ministry that God is creating inside of you, but he's got to prepare you. He's got to get your mind right. He's got to get all all the cobwebs swept down so that you can be crystal clear on hearing him, so that you can be crystal clear on focusing only on him. Wait till you come out of this. Watch what God did. I told Barbara this when we came out of prayer uh, Monday or Tuesday night, I told Barbara, I thought about the Mandisa song. This is only going to make you stronger, stronger, stronger. See, when you come out of the wilderness, you see, you don't come out, oh, i just been eating oh, honey, and I've been eating old crickets and locusts. I'm about to die. I just need meat. Some fat back. No, man, when you come out, you a lean machine, you see, because the joy of the Lord is where your strength is. And you come out and you're ready to take on the world because God's prepared you to overcome the world and he put Jesus inside of you to make sure you could. He did that. Hallelujah. The altar represents what, what's right in my life. What this altar's for. Does anybody have, before I say anything else about wilderness, does anybody just have one thing you can thank Jesus for? It might be your health. It might be your family. It might be that wilderness not killing you. Anybody want to just say, Lord, I'm coming to the altar because the altar represents what's right in my life. Anybody, you got something right? I mean, just one thing that you just want to start this day off by saying, Lord, I'm thanking you for this, Jesus. It might not be a car wreck. I, mine was a car wreck and salvation. While you thank him, why don't you just sing those simple little words? Thank you, Jesus, for all that you brought me through.
enjoying this a lot more than we are. Thank you, Jesus. know of anybody and everybody that God knows what your wilderness is right now. Anybody here, we can't see online, but, but, but God knows. Now look, the Lord didn't lay this on my heart because nobody's going through a wilderness. Okay? And those of you that are online, God knows what it is. This, this is what I want to make sure we pray for everybody. Because sometimes we are in a wilderness. We don't realize we're in a wilderness. And we won't let God do what he wants to do in our life so we can get out of the wilderness. See, the world always settles for a counterfeit and a substitute. And if we're not careful as believers, we fall into the same trap. And God's things are always greater than the world. That The world will never outdo God, see. The world cannot outdo God. He, he's God. He, he's the creator. So online please God's dealing with you or there's things that you know that could be hindering or holding you but but you won't surrender you won't you won't let God do what he wants to do today just open up let the let the Lord in don't let him at let him in okay let him in. And now I want to pray for every person that's right smack dab in the middle of a wilderness because God can reveal himself today. John the Baptist, let me tell you, man, woman, boy, girl, student, uh, young person, old person, whoever, healthy, uh, sick, rich, poor, it doesn't matter. The word of the Lord can come to you. God, God, the word of the Lord has come to you today. Do you receive it is the, the question. So, Father God, as we pray for us not to lose hope, Lord, and to know that you told us in Romans 8 that all things work, work, work together for good to those that love you and are the called according to your purpose. God, I pray that people would not faint 
would not think that you are through with them and this is the way it is. God, you don't abandon us. You grow us, Lord. You make us fruitful, Lord. And I thank you today, Lord. I pray, God, for the weary heart, for the wayward heart, for the wounded heart. Lord, people would know that my God is greater than all things and there's nothing too difficult for you. If you are not a believer, God wants you to know that there's a wilderness of sin that you are stuck in and only the blood of Jesus applied over your life can get you out of that. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, I am on my way to a devil's torment unless you redeem me, you wash me. So I repent of my sins. I want to be saved, Lord. I want to be regenerated. I want to be redeemed. I want to be part of your family. I denounce my way of thinking, my way of living, and I ask you to forgive me. Lord, I surrender to you. I submit to you the rest of my life. The Bible says if you pray that, He is faithful and just and willing to forgive you. And Derek will put some information on the screen if you're here online, how we can help you and pray for you. And Father, I pray this week that we would leave this sanctuary thanking you, Jesus, and blessing your holy name for what you've done and all the wildernesses you brought us through and you will bring us through. Hallelujah. Do that one more time, and let's don't let's don't even do music this time. I think we need to make a joyful noise ourselves. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done and all that you brought. Thank you, Jesus. 
I'm serious now. Do you mean what you just sang? Do you mean it? This whole week, this whole week, every person in here, everybody, you need to remember that little course. Because, (laughs) hallelujah, the Bible says, when the devil comes in like a flood, that's what a wilderness feels like sometimes. The Lord will raise up a standard. You just sang the standard. The standard is Jesus, you hear me? Raise it up this week. The world's going to carry out his orders, you see. But he just wants to aggravate God for you to carry it out. And I thought about this. You know, we read a lot about the children of Israel this morning. But can I tell y'all that when Pharaoh would not surrender and he kept lying time after time after time and that that cloud, that fire that God supplied in the wilderness do you know everybody outside of the wilderness was getting devoured by frogs and flies and, and, and here's the worst and after that Everybody outside the wilderness lost their firstborn child. So see, sometimes the wilderness will keep your family intact. It's not as bad as what you may be feeling like. That was a bad sermon today. It's really comforting to me to know that God has a place he can take me to while the world's on its way to hell killing each other. Amen? I know that didn't feel good, but that is the truth out of that Bible right there. So, as you let the words of your mouths and the meditations of your heart be acceptable in His sight this week, do this. Sing thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done and all you brought me through, okay? Listen, the preacher loves you. He loves you, and he thanks God for every person here. And you know what? If we're all in the wilderness at the same time, God may bring us out at the same time and it may be a chaotic revival for the world to have to just watch. Amen? So let God be true and every man a liar and give the Lord a great big hand.